This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Author of It's Not Always Depression, Working the Change Triangle to Change, to Listen to the Body, Discover Core Emotions, and Connect to Your Authentic Self. Let me welcome Mm. to the show, Hillary Jacobs. Hindle, welcome back. Hello. Thank you. So great to be back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I invited you because someone on Twitter said, Karen, when are we going to deal with grief? Uh, I need somebody to come on to deal with grief. And I was like, who can deal with grief? Who can deal with Hillary? Hillary can deal with grief. So mm. that's why I invited you. But the conversation today has been completely um, different. <laughs> Although there's a grief element. So before we get to your portion of the show, which is going to be integrated in because we're good like that, I want to say, as I was on Instagram, do, trying to battle Jason Johnson, which took all of two seconds to wow. take him out. Wow. Instagram Live. Still waiting I, for Uno. Oh, listen. Yeah. Here it comes, y'all. I saw. <laughs> I, I spied because I follow, actually follow Afro State of Mind. I don't even know if I follow well, you, you on Instagram. So you all right, let me try to follow you. I don't Instagram think I follow you. Because you don't do anything. But so I was on. Instagram. Civil right Shade Room. <laughs> a domain name which I just purchased by, while we were on break. Give so, me some. Yes. I love that. Oh my That's gosh. Yes. Hey, we we got to do it. So enterprising. I saw yeah. Afro State of Minds page and mm-hmm. there's a picture of her with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez yes, and some ma'am. other people. Yes. Like in the same, like you were like, with we her. Were, wait, no, we took a selfie together. Yes. Yes. What, what was that? So yesterday, so as a, in my real life where I'm actually an attorney, <laughs> I actually have to like be a lawyer. Um, I represent, I'm general counsel at the Center for Law and Social Justice, which is a racial justice law center based at Medgarvis College. And one of some of our major campaigns are voting rights and voter protection, civil rights, census justice, which is huge for us right now. And yesterday there were congressional field hearings con- held by the House Oversight Committee. Um, and essentially, they were holding field hearings to look at the impact of what's happening with the Census Bureau, the fact that uh, Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross has done everything uh, but call in the name of Jesus to try to manipulate the census in a way that is going to depress the turnout to ensure that people of color, black people in particular, are not counted on the census. And Alexandria, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Congressman Jamie Raskin, Congressman Gregory Meeks, and Congressmember um, Carolyn Maloney, both uh, Maloney, Meeks and they're all New York based uh, folk. They essentially were holding hearings for us to talk about the impact in our respective communities. So I was obviously speaking with reference to the African descendant community and what outreach looks like, what is effective, what is not effective, the historical context with census, the fact that we first show up in the census at the three fifths clause and that like 70 years of legislation, they were able to pass the Missouri uh, compromise, uh, the, the bills that allowed other slave states into the nation based on the fact that they were racially manipulating census data from the time that we had a census. And so that was my testimony. Alessandra Ocasio-Cortez is amazing, actually, in person. I'm not like a fangirl fangirl, but you you know how you said earlier you can read energy? Yeah. She has an authenticity that is not just for the cameras. She spoke, I think, with every single person who waited in a very long line to speak with her. Then when we left and were coming out, we saw her still speaking with other people outside, people who just happened to see her. And there is a genuineness there that I definitely appreciate in leadership. So I was really glad that I was able to testify my colleagues from Latino Justice, um, Association for Better New York, Melva Miller, Jorge Luis Vasquez, Liz Oyang, just folks who I have been in the trenches with as it pertains to census justice. So it was a really good event, and I'm really glad we got a chance to do it. So I go to the census quite frequently to check on demographics, like if we're studying Mississippi or whatever, this is where we get our demos. That's when right. We know what percentage of this and poverty and all of these other markers. Mm-hmm. Every thing says that we're X percent of the population, right. whether it's 13 or 15 percent mm-hmm. when I'm talking about black folk, right? 
is it your position that we actually aren't 13 to 15 yeah, percent? Absolutely. I think that our numbers are severely undercounted. And everyone who says, well, you know, we make more than 13 percent of the nation. I'm like, yeah, did you fill out the census? Because that's what we base the count on. So if we have a, a community that is traditionally what we call hard to count or undercounted, and those are Census Bureau terms. We didn't come up with that at CLSJ. Then those are communities that have a very low sense of self-response rate. So in many parts of black communities, we're talking maybe a 40 percent, maybe a 50 percent census response rate, which means you're getting 40 to 50 cent on the dollar for every school, classroom, every road, every traffic light, every post office, every hospital bed, 40 to 50 cents on the dollar, 40 to 50 percent of the elected representatives that you're supposed to have. So even when you have policies you want to see passed, you're only going to have 40 to 50 percent of the votes that you're entitled to right. because you're not filling out the census. It's not sexy at all. This is one of the things I have to stay on the record. This is not a sexy thing, but it is literally it creates a data set. The census is just a survey. And if you shop online, you give way more information online than you right. are going to give to the Census Bureau. If you do not show up on the census, that's where your money comes from and that's where your political power comes from. And if you don't show up there because you think the man is going to try to manipulate, boy, girl, sit down. Besides, the man's going to do that to you anyway. And they already know where you're at. If you got a cell phone, right. they ain't using that to come for you. You have a credit card, a debit yeah, card. They already yeah, found they, you. That ain't, they ain't coming for you for that. Fill out the census. What's the impact of being 13 to 15% counted, but yet so much more besides the money and the Oh, perfect. No, that's a great question. So let's say you live in a community where there are 100 children. Let's keep these numbers simple. Only 47 other families fill out the census. How many children are there? There's 100. 100 children. There's 100 families that should have filled it out. Come September, when all 100 children show up at the school, that school has to meet the needs of that 100 children with only $47. So while every child should have a dollar, that school has to meet that need. All those kids have to get service, fed, and educated with 47 of the dollars that they should have had instead of the 100. I'll go one step further. When you're in those kinds of, let's say it's a particularly poor community, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be. Um, but your federal disaster relief money. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. So. Like Lori said, if you're in a community where you've got 100 people, but only 47 fill it out, you're only getting federal disaster relief money for 47 people who need to be rescued. That's right. Not 100, right? If you rely on community block grants exactly. for funding to do any sort of community development, and only 47 of you are filling out that census, you're only going to get 47% of the community block grant to which you are entitled, right. based on the numbers. When you get your elected officials, they are going to have a budget that they have to staff based on 47%. When they have to go to Albany or to wherever your state capital is to pass votes, you're going to have 47% of the votes that you should have because there's like, oh, the half a set of votes that you don't even get allocated to you because you did not fill out the census. You literally might have more than one representative district. Yes. But since enough people have not filled out the census, you don't get the districts you're supposed to have. Right. We, we know in, in, in some of these states, Mississippi and Alabama, maybe not today, but... In Stop banging. We know in some of these communities that there are larger black populations that are ever being counted. Right. Some of those communities may actually be owed another state senator That's or another exactly state rep. Right. That's exactly but if you don't right. deliver that information, then you're not going to get it. Yeah. So why aren't we filling out the census? We're afraid of what now? It takes time. People don't want to come to our communities. Because what? It takes time. People don't want to come to our community. Well, but even if they don't, this time it's going to be digital and online. And so you'll be, you are going to get an identification number sent to you on a postcard, which means you have to actually check your mail. Ooh. And then you have to go online because they're <laughs> trying to get at least a 75 to 80% response rate online. So then you go online, you plug in this number, and then you'll be able to fill it out. Or you can pick up the phone and call. Or you can say, could you please send me a paper version? I don't like this online stuff because I'm 80 years old and I don't trust this internet. So you have a lot of options, and they have to all be exercised. 
from a mental health perspective, I'm wondering what you all feel. I am a trauma therapist, mm. and I've been reading more and more and talking more about racial trauma, yes. which is the feeling that you, among other things, that you don't matter and don't count. And yeah. I wonder what percentage of that plays a role of thinking, eh, what's the point, that the internalized devaluation of the self mm. um, and uh, I, various I, other... I'll, I'll go one step for a... Yeah. No, we're not supposed to answer a question with a question, but I also want to add to that. Um, have you looked at what the sort of notion is of grief for an entire community? Because there's a tremendous amount of grief in the black community. It's not just that Obama left office, but to have Obama leave office and then get followed by a white nationalist and a white supremacist. The the level of grief. I mean, <laughs> I I, you're still grieving. Yes, lots still of people are grieving. grieving. But, but but this particular, uh, but the, but the African American community oh. in particular. Okay, so let's let's break that down. Because um, then and then it, can we layer on top of that post traumatic slave syndrome? Trauma? Yeah, no, I was going to ask. Right, it's all yeah. part of racial right, trauma. Right, yeah, right. All right, what is grief? That Let's was a great segue. That. Okay, census to. Grief. I was about to start rapping. I love it. So come, come on, great. come on, come on now. <laughs> the way that I that I, the way that I think of it is so we've got these core emotions that are these embodied survival emotions, and sadness is one of them. Sadness, anger, fear, disgust, joy, excitement, sexual excitement, and all of these exist on a spectrum. So on the spectrum of sadness, we've got grief at its most. Uh, intense mm. uh, when the loss is it's not like I lost my wallet and I'm really sad it's like I, I lost something that is dear to me that probably was an attachment figure of some sort something that is in our heart to just a little bit sad mm. and so we would think of grief as a core emotion that we all have that is universal men women of all cultures and that has to be validated, named, mm. experienced, and comforted, which is what these core emotions want, is they pull for some action, and that action mm. is meant to be adaptive evolutionarily. So that... Oh. I, I turned off my own mic, which is something you should never do. Smith <laughs> <laughs> is looking at me like I'm crazy, because who does that, right? As a person, right? I might be the only person in here that has lost a parent. Mm -hmm. No, you've, you've lost a parent, mm -hmm. right? The a parent that I was very close to. Mm -hmm. My way of dealing with it is to not deal with it, mm -hmm. which I know is not healthy, mm -hmm. but it allows me to get through. Mm -hmm. Now, is there a healthy way to deal with mm -hmm. losing a parent? And then we'll take it to the to the group, and then we'll take it to the, you know, but let's at the basic level, everyone listening has probably lost somebody mm -hmm. in their lives that they loved deeply. And to reconcile with them not being here mm -hmm. anymore, you know, holidays are horrific, you know, Mother's Father's Day. You're like, these are times when you have memories of spending time with people. And then, you know, to even contemplate that, some, I just go away. Mm -hmm. What What is a healthy way to deal with grief? Well, in your case, you're saying that you can go away and avoid the whole thing. And there's no other symptoms that crop up, right? It's not to a detriment, which we would say. I don't know. You're someone with great defenses, right? I, yes. Yes. But they, is that healthy? Working. Is that healthy? It, you get to decide. So if mm. you're if you're blocking your grief and then going home and drinking a, a gallon of whiskey, we know that there's something going on. But if you're productive and functional and you feel fine, I would say, you know, it's working. Mm. But the but but as a trauma therapist and as a psychotherapist, people come to me when they have symptoms. Right? You don't come if you're feeling great. And if someone tells me that they lost a, a parent and they're having symptoms of anxiety and they're having symptoms of depression, which is different than grief, or they're having symptoms of rage, mm. or they're having confusion and or irritable bowel syndrome, then I would, what is healthy would be to get in touch, to help them get in touch with the sadness and the grief 
um, in there, which I could show you, demonstrate how I do, and then to make room for it, to mm. validate it, and then really through the body, which is the shift of why I'm, you know, such a fanatic about talking about emotions, because we don't learn this shit in, mm. in school. We should be getting, in biology in high school, the stuff that's in the book that I, I taught, because it's wow. basic information. The book is, it's not always depression. So there's two things, right? There's a study that says that black women, and this was uh, crazy. Um, they have like a strong black woman syndrome. Mm-hmm. They said it's not a good thing. That's right. Um, research has shown it indicates that the belief that black women are naturally strong, in fact, connected to higher levels of depression, depressive symptoms. It also mm-hmm. how society looks at us. It makes it impossible for us to be validated in so many different ways, whether we're talking about the medical field, workplace. You know, we carry so much on us. A lot of us walk around with these, you know, and we have conditioned ourselves. And I think that's why I'm not sure if it's healthy that I stuff that I I, I avoid that Mm -hmm. I don't deal with, because that's all we do is figure out how to compartmentalize Mm -hmm. the trauma that happens to us on a regular basis, especially racially, Mm -hmm. so that we can get through. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's healthy. I don't know. But the study says that it's not. So No, no. I'm talking about you. Everyone is different, right? Okay. So I crashed and burned at the age of 30 from depression, from avoiding all my emotions. And maybe that's why I'm so passionate about now, that I was a single mother. I was trying to get my career back on track. I was a type A personality that did everything, everything, everything. So I can relate. Um, and that absolutely what happens is if we heap on too much stress... And, you, and you're not paying attention to how you're feeling, biologically, stress causes all sorts of changes in the body, but we, the, we stress the system enough that we don't make enough uh, serotonin, which is a brain chemical that you mm. need to not feel depressed. Mm. And we can't produce it, and then it starts to dip down, and then all of a sudden we start to feel we're, we're, we can't sleep or we sleep too much, we can't eat or we eat too much. We don't feel the same, we feel disconnected, you know, we can't get ourselves to shower, and then all of a sudden you're, you're like underwater. Right. Yeah. Wow. And the way that reverses is very simply, you know, the problem is there's not a lot of help and a lot of, I know that your listeners are all over the country because I'm in touch with some of them from the other shows. Nice. And there aren't a lot of resources in right. many, many places. Right. Right. And um, But ideally, you would go get help and learn how to reconnect with the anger of having too much to do, the sadness of having too much to do, and all these um, various emotions, and then problem solve on how to take something off, ask for help, which a lot of women don't know how to do. How can you tell the difference between what may be the result of trauma and you just being a moody person, or you just kind of being up and down? Because that's something that, that is something that I actually personally struggle with. Mm. That I can't tell if I am sometimes operating off of some very difficult thing that occurred to me that I've decided that I refuse to allow it to affect me, or if I just happen to be a moody MF from time to time. Um, and and I mean, it, it could it could be both. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, but how can you tell? How can you tell if you've been traumatized? Dr. Jason Johnson's in the house, Laree Favors, yeah, and we're yeah. talking with, of course, Hillary Jacobs Handel, the author of It's Not Always Depression, and I'm loving the transparency here. Mm. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess what I would have to, again, is just ask you, when you say moody, I know what moody means to me, but what does it mean to you? Um, you know, sort of intense emotions that go up and down. Like, I, I, I have, within one day, I go up and up and up and up and up and down and up and down and up and down. And, up and, down on a, and it's, it seems normal to me. Is there me. a trigger? Huh? Is there something that happens or it's just... I don't know. 
I just I just tend to feel a lot of emotions very intensely mm-hmm. on a regular basis, yeah. and 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 my mind moves really quickly too. So I can I can go from being extremely excited to extremely uh, you know upset or sad or or demotivated. It can happen within an hour, and. Yeah, so you have a big spectrum of emotions. You're feeling full, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then I would ask, is it causing problems? Or, you know, in and of itself, if you tell me you're moody and everything is fine and your your partner puts up with it and nothing is wrong, you you don't lose your job over (laughs) it, yeah, then... Then okay, but I would ask: Does it does it bother you in some way? Is there a cost? Because we can change the, the brain is you know the term neuroplasticity. The brain mm. changes from the time we're born to the time we die, and we can work with the brain to change things that we don't like or that don't feel good about ourselves, and and build other aspects that are feel better. But I think there's a um, and this is a, a germane to black people. I think mm-hmm. I think we have been conditioned or evolved into withstanding things that don't feel that to the average normal person is not good doesn't feel good mm-hmm. but we've been adapting for so long to have to just trudge through as men and women yes yeah. just have to suck it up what, yep. you don't have any options right. so that also is you know since the the brain is so plastic mm-hmm. we have been able to do that where most people jump out of windows when th- things happen or they you know look for the bottle or the needle and and that doesn't you know that's not you know something that we don't do as well but i think as a group we tend to tough it out or we've been conditioned to tough it out when maybe there is something that needs to be addressed absolutely right and that toughness always is going to have two sides it's good right because it's made you resilient and strong and what's the cost and always like i'm not the arbiter of what's good for you you're the expert on you but if you came into my office and you said you know what i'm sick of getting so annoyed all the time like i'm irritable and irritability is a symptom right that there's under uh, underlying you know it makes sense that there's underlying again if we're just talking about racial trauma the the rage of the wound mm. of the devaluation the oppression the assault to the sense of self on a daily basis from the time you were born see the interesting thing though yeah. is and i don't know if this is case you all but yeah. it, and i i say this both glibly and sometimes sincerely um i mean we we anecdotally say in our community if you're not angry there's something wrong with you Hey, this is Karen Hunt, and I remember the first time I tried HelloFresh. It was a chili satan. I was doing something vegetarian. I had never heard of satan before, but it was delicious, and it looked just like chili, but it was vegetables, right? And now I'm doing even more vegetables because I love to eat healthy, and I also love to cook, and HelloFresh makes both of those things really easy. So you can sign up right now at HelloFresh.com slash KH80. That's my code, KH80, and you get $80 off your first four boxes or $20 off each of your first four boxes at HelloFresh.com, KH80. And what are they cooking now? Oh, they have heirloom tomato flatbreads with pesto, fresh mozzarella, and balsamic greens. And what's really cool, step-by-step instructions, pre-measured ingredients, fresh ingredients, comes right to your door. You don't have to worry about the supermarket and standing in line right in your door so you spend less time planning and grocery shopping, more time doing the things you love. And all of these meals come together in about 30 minutes or less. They even have family plans. There's something for everyone, classic meals, veggie meals, family dinners, all of that at HelloFresh.com slash KH80. Sign up today. It's delicious. I love it. You'll love it too. Let me know what you think. 
Mm-hmm. There's a I mean, there's a normalization of yeah. antisocial behaviors. Yeah, yeah. That, are, that is very troubling, and I see it a lot, particularly in the middle school and the high school context, where it's like my, I have a, I have a middle schooler, and one of the things that he's coming home. My and condolences. It's, it is a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. I appreciate those condolences, and we'll meditate on that. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that he talks about, he is now in a very predominantly African diasporan school. Brilliant school. These kids are some of the smartest kids in the city. But there's socialization. There is a mean factor that he's like, if the dude misses a basket and I'm with all of my black friends, there is a, oh, you, it's the instant, the dozens. When I'm at a white basketball camp, if I miss a basket, it's, dude, here, take the ball, get another shot, checkmate. (laughs) Totally different reactions to the point where we're having to have very concrete conversations with him about not attributing antisocial behaviors with the people and more healthy social interactions with white people. Because the challenge is now he's Mm. like, I love black women because my mom is a black woman. I might love my grandmother, but the girls at my school are mean in a way that... I don't understand don't, and so can rap. So, like, there are. I'm, I'm and being there, triggered. No, no, it, I'm, I'm being I'm, triggered. Take it out. Get him. Get him. Get him. Hillary, help him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and even the same thing among other Settle. boys. So, there yeah. is a. When they play, there is a, a meanness factor in the play that is confusing Ooh. to him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wanda Sykes was just joking about that. No, no, no. And Hillary professionally, but this is. We, I was driving it today and I was thinking because I was raised on the dozens Yeah, I really am uncomfortable not doing it yeah <laughs> it's a normalized behavior and it's it feels good of course and it's fun but I was thinking about it today and how dysfunctional Very. it is the names we call each Very. other and how and like and prizing being able to take, take you it out to the, next, to the next level right the shy, which is the Lena Waite uh, show, mm. there was a scene with the kids and this, and they're doing the dozens, and the teacher is looking at them like, "What is what is going on?" She's an Asian teacher, and they're, right. "Your mama is this, and your mama," and then they pound each other up at right. the end of it because he got the best of them with his mama. Right. And I was like, "That's comfortable. That's like a warm blanket." But what are we doing crack to ourselves? Comfortable to the crackhead. Yes, and I'm saying, how do we refer? And and saying that this is just how we are, it goes back to the conversation we had with Dr. Stacy Patton about spanking. Right. Yeah. Which I was, right. Lori, you know, I was like, mm, I'll, you know, a good ass whooping. <laughs> yeah. Put a baby right. I'm just saying, get the switch. You know, and it brings back warm memories. Right. Which is sick. Yes, if you it think is. about yeah. the warm yes, memories is. around getting your ass whooped and you can sit around and laugh about that. But there's something dysfunctional, way yes. dysfunctional. Are we mature enough because I did a complete 180 after Dr. Stacy. I'm like okay I can get I can crusade with you Dr. Patton mm-hmm. to not put hands on children period no matter yeah. what they do we have to be more nimble and more brilliant in how we communicate but this dozen thing is right in that same spectrum yeah. for me yeah. because it is so much a part of my upbringing and my life and my you know that every day I sit on this on these airwaves it's a struggle because some of y'all you know want to bring out some of you know <laughs> Like, Some people I, deserve it. I got work triggered. for it, and I'm saying, I'm like, I'm good at it, too, because it's my whole existence. And I'm like, eh, you know, but you, what you just said ran through me. Mm. Do Are we mature enough to change our behavior? And how do we start when it feels, when it does serve something in us? I don't know where it Did masters sit around and reward people that had, you know, I don't know where it came from. Well, but it, it's, it's, it's. It's Shaka telling his army to to, to run across thistles with no shoes. 
it is perceived as building armor because mm -hmm. if I can clap back at you, right, and we can still laugh and I can hug you at the end, when a cop calls you a piece of shit, when your teacher calls you, you know, nigga this, when, when you are attacked by this violent world that we are in, I am hoping that I have provided you with some of the armament that you need to face mm -hmm. it. Now, but it doesn't always work, right? Because the, the other way that you could operate is if I lift you up and fill you with so much love and self-worth that that also is armor. But most people are afraid to try that. The challenge it's is that armor. I would say it's right. two different things. And the challenge yeah. is when we prize the ability to self-destroy, to destroy other people. When that is a cultural prize right. and a cultural value, how does that reflect and ripple throughout the community? So if I've spent my whole youth being a master at destroying other people, your mama this, your daddy this, your granny, and I have spent all of my playtime, all of my imaginative time finding better ways to use my words to hurt other people as a form of community engagement, when I'm old enough to make business decisions, who am I going to think is a valuable partner? When I am old enough to present myself as someone who should be high, who, how do we train ourselves to thinking about interacting with our community? When part of our biggest issue is, can't trust no niggas. Niggas ain't shit. Nah, nigga. Like, we have an entire economic rejection of being self-employed and, and running our own communities based on thinking white people have access to something that is better. I have a hard time believing that we are able to pry, take our youthful genius and, and teach our children that destroying other people who look like them only, because we don't do the dozens with anybody else but black people. We don't call anyone but black people African booty scratch, and that is an international thing. I heard it in Germany. I heard it in Washington State. I heard it in New York City. So that is international. I do believe we are doing ourselves a disservice if we don't start making connections between the fact that we teach our children to prize destroying other black people to get respect and seeing that I will shoot you as a 15-year-old in that same vein I will refuse to work with you as a 30 year old I will refuse to give you loans I don't even want to live next to you but I'll see you at the cookout yeah and the explanation for all that is is when you understand emotions and attachment and mm. what makes the nervous system relax as opposed to go into defensive mode and what that does to the ability to engage self-confidently mm. that's what you said yeah um, right so I think you're you're on the right track and at the same time when we're children what what you were saying about you know needing to toughen up I've heard this from from many black fathers that they're terrified and so again the things that served us as children don't then serve us right. as a adults and how can we start to transition and I think it's through education and understanding mm -hmm. that when you are mean-spirited outwards one it also affects the sense of self absolutely mm -hmm. um, they sort of go hand in hand the way we treat others and the way we talk to ourselves mm. uh, and, and, and not yeah. excusing it no so listen yeah. Um, yeah. let me raise my hand because this has been the biggest transformation for me is to undo, you know, to to deeply love people means mm. that that your your words, yeah, because words are so powerful. Yeah, it's not just your actions. Yeah. No. You you love through actions, but your words, yeah. your words can speak things into creation, mm. both good and bad. We have a winner for the It's hey. Not Always Depression book, which is a Best Book Award winner by Hillary Jacobs Hendel. Let me thank um, Darren in New York and congratulate Darren in New York. You are a winner. Thank you. Thank you. I feel so good. Yeah. I never win. I never win anything. But um, 
I just want to say to everyone, I really appreciate your testimonies, all of them, and I can relate to like all of them. It's, it's, it's amazing the conversation that you guys are having right now. Thank and, you. Uh, thank you. Thank, thank you so much. And Karen, I can really relate to that dozens thing because I kind of grew up like that too, and I've been concerned about my boy. You know, sometimes not necessarily knowing how to protect himself, and mm. you know, and and he was picked on recently by someone because of his voice, and they said to him, you know, you, you know, tried to in, make inference of the fact that he was gay, and mm. you know, he um, quickly responded from what he told me. He goes to the kid, he goes, you know, I'm I'm as straight as the pole that your daddy dances on. Gracious. Okay. Right. He all right. That's a smart kid. Very clever. Come this is the point, though. Yeah. There's a level of genius in a yeah, dozen. Right. Yeah, yeah. right. Right. You can't separate trauma from humor. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. That's why the greatest Darren. comedians are Jewish and oh black. Oh, my and gosh. Mm-hmm. But what if that genius didn't have to contend with that? What if he could be free to be as genius as it sounds like? He, Dad, you're doing a good job. Yes. But, like, what if his genius didn't have to contend with that and feel like his entire manhood was being set up pawn by this other sixth grader i don't know it's complicated yeah i mean the school's inter- this is we're, this we're talking this is bullying yeah, right or right. what yeah, happens but, in yeah. but as as larry yeah. was saying there was no bullying in in her school in her son's other place where he's well there was but it wasn't it wasn't racified. Right. He was in a, a more integrated right. space. Well, and I actually, I can't even say that. I think it's more pronounced now because right. they are at puberty. Right. They are in middle school. And mm. It is coming out in ways that, you know, um, and they weren't playing the dozens in their playground at the very integrated elementary school. That they that was right. not how they were playing. Um, it is how he's playing and how his peers are playing in this space where... They're bringing different experiences. And maybe bullying, we don't need to bring it in. It just yeah, like reminded a, a, me. But yeah, there's something, something you know, if you call someone a name like gay, you're like, I mean, it's like you're like to doing be many, Danny, yeah. right, doing many, many, many things. The, the, the school has to intervene, I think, right away. I agree, but they're yeah. not. And, they, and they gay won't. in the black community mm-hmm. is something different. And I'm thinking about all of the little, that little boy recently that killed himself. Yeah. You know, like there are ramif- they're, they're consequences to these, Huge. to these, yeah. To, yeah. To, to, to this Psych- this pathology mm-hmm. this, they're, they're con- and that kids who don't have the agency as Darren's son did right. to be able to come up with a clever retort that would put somebody on their ass mm-hmm. which is the reason why I was always because I was a big kid right so I was the size at 12 right I was actually bigger and then you know we were size 9 at 9 so you you know I was ca- calculating because right. I was smart oh you're going to have something to say to me that's a defensive mechanism so yeah. let me just make sure okay your teeth you got so I immediately anybody in the room I'm already scanning you for all your flaws and I'm ready mm. profiling you know? fascinating yeah. Mm. yeah so it's just it's a natural like boom 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 and so you have something to say I've already I got you mm. and, and so here's a, a white Jewish perspective my mother um, who was really smart and ahead of her time you know as a as a woman or as a kid going to school the girls would call you or the boys would call you sluts and i would you know you'd go home and cry and complain and it was so insulting and my mother would say just ask them what's a slut and uh it it was an excellent comeback because it stops them dead in their track and and they have to think for a second and someone who likes sex i don't know well what's wrong with that like, hmm. let's, like, talk about it. <laughs> See, the, 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 the problem there is it, it presumes, like, though, like this, sort of lev- this sort of level yeah. of logic. And yeah. I, I, think, I think of this trauma. I literally just, yeah. just had this experience at a party 
these people are listening, not mentioning any names, but I was at a Game of Thrones party uh, two weeks ago. No, (laughs) it's actually not, but there's a connection. So I was at a Game of Thrones party, and we were literally having a discussion about black voting rights. That's the kind of parties I'm at. So, (laughs) of course, black voting rights. The best kind of parties. And there's a bunch of folks, blah, 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 blah. And so we were talking about St. Louis and Ferguson. I was like, hey, black folks need to be more sophisticated in our voting. I was like, you know, we had Tashara Jones, we had Yvette Simpson. I said, you know, we managed to figure it out in Atlanta. Like, folks figured that out. You know, black people need to sort of think in these large strategic ways. Anyway, so there was a woman there who got very upset mm-hmm. with this. And she was like, well, you know, that's not fair, da 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 And I was like, nah, I said, I'm not, like, insulting our people. I'm saying we just need to be more strategic. We yes. have been in these different kinds of environments. And she became so upset. This is a lawyer. This all this person became so upset that she started yelling at me. Mm. And I asked her, because I'm Jason, I said, could you please not put your finger in my face? Now, we're all black. We know where this goes. I, this did not end well. Yeah, <laughs> because, because, because you're going to deal with one of two types of people, either the kind of person that upon hearing that gets more aggressive or the kind of person right. upon hearing that's like, this is a little extra. So, of course, she got more aggressive. And and starts really just sort of gesticulating wildly. And another black one, because everybody here was black, another sister comes up and she's like, well, Jason, you know how we sisters are. And I was like, no. Yeah. We can't play that That's game. That's right. She's being hostile. Right. I'm not even insulting her. You can't even respond in the same way that right. you, because right. then it's abusive. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you, you, you know mm-hmm. it's something extra when her boyfriend intervene not to me mm-hmm. but to his girl and was like so i and then we're, we're exchanging that man look of like man this ain't the only time this has happened right mm-hmm. yeah. but but i say yeah. this because I, as i was having conversations with people about this later it's like did i say something that triggered her did we this that the other but the idea that within our communities that we accept Right. This kind of thing that one of the first things somebody said to me is like, well, you know how we are as black women. I'm like, I don't play that game. Yeah. That doesn't really matter. Rude is rude is hostile. Now, I will say this. After she calmed down, she and I came and chatted. And we sat and we talked. And I was like, we can do that too. Right. I was like, can the, we do right. that? Which is confounding. Yeah. And but we, our default is the finger. This, right. The the emotion that is unbridled, uncontrolled, and unfiltered. Right. And we we allow ourselves to do that. Yeah. And we justify it. And we and it's gendered in a really unhealthy way. So should we? Sh- is it? And is what this, do you do? And what what's your recommendation? Knock in, them to no. I'm just playing. I was you know, I was I'm, fortunate I'm, because to, this to woman was willing to speak right. and deescalate. Yeah. But if she was not that person, or right. if I was in a different kind of environment, right. who knows how that goes? Right. And, mm-hmm. and black people do need to be more sophisticated in our voting rights. I just want to say, um, <laughs> right, um, right. Everybody point. was in agreement like, with me. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. wrong. But like, I have an actual fear. Like when I'm thinking about my nephews, I'm thinking about my son. Like I have a fear that he's they're going to be turned off of black women. Like this is something that me and my girlfriends we talk about. Like I don't want them to think black girls are all mean and because they're seeing other girls who do not act like that and they have healthier more friendly oh, it's social not healthier. interaction they no, just no. do other stuff well yes <laughs> but visibly the presentation is that well yeah. they don't do that yeah. and I don't feel like I have to they didn't oh. laugh at me because of how I dance right yeah. Oh, okay. That couldn't play cards. I see you. I see what you did there. Hillary, when we come back, Hillary Jacobs handles. I saw those with the hipsters because they couldn't dance either. (laughs) See what you did. You put yourself in these cul de sacs where no one would judge you. But okay, but here's the thing if your children grow up not being, not liking who they are already because of racial trauma, and then you see reflected in your, in people who look like you, behaviors that you know 
ain't don't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. Really don't do fe- just germane don't, don't feel, feel good. good. No. It feels angry. It feels hot. Like I've had black students when we take them to like cultural spaces that are intended for them and they will end the conversation or end the event and be like, miss, I've never been around this many black people and felt so safe before. Like how the hell are you 14 years old and you come into my Kwanzaa event and that's the first time that you're feeling safe around your own people. Right. That to me is the anti, is the harm of embracing antisocial behaviors as a, well, this is how we are because we black and we hard and we strong. Nah, we're weak and we're, we're not supporting ourselves. Yes. Can we act our way to good feelings? I, I was, oh. uh, when I was uh, doing my spiritual thing, mm, <laughs> I was told, Karen, I don't feel, no, you have to act your way to good feelings. And I actually mm. did it. It's amazing. Hillary, can you act your way to good feelings and how does that work? Yeah, I mean, the answer is sometimes. So again, if we're thinking in terms of how to, if the brain is like, it's like carving out a new pathway. So if you think of the jungle and you've got a carved out path to your water hole and you keep walking down that and it's really easy to go. Why did you use that reference? That's like a habitual, it's in the book. I know, but it it was a trigger for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Water holes and and jungles. And the jungle. Let's let's do, uh, let's do. um, It came from a white psychiatrist. Okay, let's do, what's something that's in the Nordic? You're in the the mountains. Yeah, okay, you're, you're you're in the snow tundra and you're, Plowing through to get <laughs> so to your to Thank get you. to your igloo. Okay, Thank you. <laughs> you're going to your igloo. So to go to the other igloo where the snow is ten feet high takes work. Mm. So and that's how you do brain change through some sort of mental energy. It can be through changing your behavior. It can be through changing your behavior, mm. but it's not the only way, and it's not the most efficient way, and it's not that it always works because sometimes you try to act if that's what dialectical behavior and CBT, CB, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, they're all about trying to change the way you feel. It's like to- it's like trickle-down economics from the top part of the brain. Oh, wow. So when you work also simultaneously and you bring in emotions with the body, it's a great way and it's sort of like the, it's a catalyst for more rapid healing because why are we acting uh, why can't we act the way we want? Why do we go back again and we say, I'm not going to lose my cool, I'm not going to lose my cool, and then you're back in the same situation. Putting your finger in Jason's face. Exactly, mm. exactly, and, and losing your So what cool. does that person need to do? You know, if, if, someone, like, if someone's doing that to me, what I would say is, I really want to hear what you're saying. I really care. I want to understand. But if you're, if you're so close to me, it's triggering my, my fight or flight, my survival instincts, and I can't hear you. Mm. Is there some way that... that that, that you we, haven't had many fights with black women. No, yeah. no. Okay, I could tell. <laughs> no, I was like, that ain't gonna None work. Yeah, yeah. That so what's gonna work? But what's gonna happen then? <laughs> not what, coming out of my I, mouth. No. But maybe seriously, if I spoke that way, what would happen? That's the thing. It has to be collective. Uh, so if, because if we're talking about collective behaviors yeah. and and correcting that, yeah. if you couldn't say that, but the other sisters in the room, if they had said instead, sis. well, you know how we are. If they had said, sis, chill. Yeah. If they had diffused yes. it. Right. So when we're seeing so these types of. Because the brothers weren't going to be able to do they it. Could. They could. No, gonna, there was that's no way. A, he, we already know where that was going to go. Right. It wasn't going to go anywhere good. But if the other sisters or the other people in the room who are able to monitor and say that I can play a role here in helping to minimize some of the anger and the frustration. And I have a friend who whenever people start yelling, she just starts talking softer mm-hmm. and softer. That's a great de-escalation strategy. And she'll just be at a whisper. And by the time she's there, and you're still yelling, you feel like an idiot. Yeah. And then you will calm down also. Yeah. But we have to have these concrete ways Mm -hmm. of really thinking before we even get to the situation about how we could actively, like how you had a concrete, before I could even try you with the dozens, you had already assessed, you know, six ways from Sunday. 
when we are in spaces where we know these types of passionate conversations can happen, we may need to have, I don't want to call it like a peer mediator, but until we, we have a natural, uh, we have recreated a natural space where loving communication is our default, we may have to. But if we are creating the communities that we want to live in, we have to be our brothers and sisters keepers. That's right. Right. So they're, right. they're, that person that said, well, you know how sisters are, shame on you. Yeah. Shame, whoever that was, shame on you. If we aren't taking care, because that sister was in crisis. Right. Mm-hmm. And you didn't de-escalate it. You made it worse. And then you put Jason in crisis as well. That's our responsibility. Right. right? We should all look out for each other. Because right. all it takes is one finger too close to my nose and I oh, snatch it. Oh, and you then, already know. Then it's, then it's a fight. And, then it's right. hands. Yeah. And so what's the back. solution? Well, Are there three well, possible things you could name to do in that situation? Well, it's, it's, it's collective. Yeah, First off, it's, it's, it's yeah. collective It's collective understanding because what your explanation was makes perfect sense, but I could not do that for gender reasons and for cultural communication reasons. So You couldn't requi- say, I really want to hear what you're saying. I really care. What would happen? She would have gotten Edward, more please. angry. please. You can't hear this. You don't want to hear this? She would have gotten angrier at me. It would have been perceived, no matter how sincere it was it would have been perceived as provocative or mocking or insincere Um, because literally my response is I literally said I was like I'm not insulting you Mm -hmm. I'm not even really disagreeing with you Mm -hmm. just please don't put your finger in my face Mm -hmm. that's literally all I said Mm -hmm. and so um, maybe if you had asked it why why are you why are you putting your finger in my face even that. That would, that would yeah, that, that would that. yeah, nah. Because nah, nah. again, Cause, because then, right. because then that becomes stupid. again, <laughs> it, it again becomes a lecture in cultural competence. What right. kind of black man are you that you don't understand that this is how sisters behave? Right. What if you lied flat prostate on the floor? That would have been funny because we were it was it was grass. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were in a backyard party. Um, but and you still but, didn't play space. All right, anyway, I'm sorry, I can't get over it. We had we had Uno. We had Uno. I'm gonna show you pictures from this party. I'm gonna show you pictures. I from this think party. whatever there's a need for a cultural shift, there have to be um, elders cultural approaches. Or, yeah. Someone who can play the role mm-hmm. of an elder, and maybe not in this scenario, but someone right. who can play the role of saying, mm, "I sense the anti-blackness meter is raised a little bit." Right. We need to bring this down. So that might mean I change the room music, the ambiance, <laughs> right. the music. Put because the there is some music had, had started playing right then. Right. Y'all might have come to bed. I right. want to run. I want to right. run. Right. I want to right. run. I want to run. I don't give a fuck about your feelings. Like if that's the song with the hook is I don't give up about your feelings and that's playing, it's probably going to escalate. Whereas yeah. if I throw on some jazz, if I throw on something that's a little more mellow, some IBE, some whatever, ambiance may have a factor. Recognizing that this is a sister who has been volatile in the past, Boo boo! I'm gonna need you to get your girl, not the boyfriend. Sis, why don't you get her? Right. Take her to the kitchen, see if she's thirsty. Go on. Could you go? Could you do me a favor? We actually need everybody. I think could use a drink. You can use a drink. Just changing the subject. Yeah. Like you do with the, the toddler. Yes, yeah, like you do with the toddler. Yeah. That's, yes. You know what? This is parenting for black people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hillary, and what's interesting is the performance <laughs> at the end. Like I said, because after we had spoken, so we we came back over. And she said, you know, I'm really embarrassed. Blah blah. Because we oh, that's bed, good. You know. There was a no, sense of Like I said, we talked afterwards. You don't see anything. That's what I'm saying. She's out of her mind. Yeah. So that's why I was like, when we talked later, we, we we literally went to a picnic table at the party and talked for like twenty minutes. And I was good. like, sis, I'm not good. mad at you. Da 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 da. And we, I joked at the end. I was like, look, so everybody else is on the party. I said, let's go do like a Crips and Blood thing. We are gonna walk there. We are gonna hold hands. So everybody, we're cool, you know. But we it's sat like, down with Farrakhan. We right, get to go. Exactly. Like, we but at the end, it's like we shouldn't have had to go there because if I'm not me, 
Right, right. <laughs> that goes right, different. Right, right. Yeah. right. That goes no, real not different. That yeah. it, but I think also people know who they can do that to. Person she, didn't know me. No, but you, you energy. Your energy. Your energy. Come on now. Shoot. All right. Let's uh, thank you, Yolanda. Chris and Callie, quickly, welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Hey, how y'all doing today? Awesome. Okay. Good. Good, good. Love y'all uh, a month, uh, too much. And, Marie, I need you to do There's no such thing. I'm sorry. You can't love us too much. Did you say you love us too much? Yeah, yeah. No. No such thing. You love us enough. No such thing. Never too much love. I love y'all, and I'm always love y'all. All right. Dr. JJ, love you, bro. Love you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I can always use more love. Yes, sir. Dr. Hillary. Yes. I am suffering with anger issues. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that it's a problem. Um, when I'm hurt, I get angry. When um, pretty much anything goes wrong, I get angry. And because I recognize it, I've been trying to pull myself back. But I found that when I do it, I just suppress until I blow up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where it started. I don't know how to locate the point where I can start working on it and, and trying to put myself back together. Are there any suggestions that you could give me to figure out why am I angry? Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take this to a podcast. Mm-hmm. We have to go. Literally, we're going to get cut off the mm-hmm. air. I'm doing a podcast. It's free. Y'all can go subscribe to it. Hillary, if you stick around, I'll get my mic. We'll go off and you give you answer Chris's question. Laurie, Jason, thank Hillary, everyone. Thank you for being here. Y'all. Appreciate y'all. This has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, subscribe to the podcast.